All right. I got my topic all wrong. I'm talking about how not to be offended, so just might have to make a few changes here. Just bear with me. Hope you don't get offended while I fix it all up here. <sighs> so I'm going to sit down because you all get to sit down, so I think that's fair. Who's offended by that? A few guys. Oh, we'll talk later, all right? I'll pray for you. All right. I'm actually going to talk about how to not get offended, if that's all right. So the big idea tonight is don't let offence hold you back. I don't want to see anybody held back by offence, and I certainly don't want to be held back by offence in my own life. I have let this happen to me in the past, and I've learned from my mistakes. And, uh, yeah, I pray that you would, through this series, you would get a a greater understanding of how you can protect your own heart and how you can make sure that you're not ever held back by offence. Okay? Does that sound all right? All right. Let's start with a quick definition, because you've got to do that, apparently. I pulled out a definition. Annoyance, offence is annoyance or resentment brought about a perceived insult to or disregard of oneself. Doesn't that help? No, not much. But there's two main things in this um, definition that I picked out of it. One, you can be offended by what is said to you, a perceived insult to, or two, you can be offended by what happens to you. Interesting, the word perceived. I think that's a very important word, the word perceived insult. This could be not even an insult. Like that guy did on the, on the clip just then, he... he twisted things and we can do that in our minds as well we can hear something that someone says or something that they do and we can in our minds we can twist it because of insecurity or because of where we're at in life you know it's a funny topic offense we actually have a, a lot in the Australian culture there's a lot about offense in our vernacular in our in our slang you know we have a lot of nicknames for offense here's one. Oh, he, he cracked it has anyone ever used that before? No, never? Let's get this mic around. Can I borrow your mic, please? I want to get a few people. What's another nickname for offence? This is uh, unplanned. Do you want me to do it? Yeah, you can do it, Steve. That'd be great. Are you offended by me asking you to do that? No, I hope not. What's another nickname for when someone's offended? I'll give you another one. Oh, he chucked a wobbly. Have anyone used that one before? Yep. You got one down the back, anyone? Nickname for offence. Yep. Blaine? Uh, Chuck to hissy fit. Hissy fit. Now you got it. Anyone else? Quickly. Around here there's got to be some. Yep, there. Yep. Run over there. You can yell them out if you want. Spit the dummy. Spit the dummy. Yep, that was on my list too. I'll just... Yep. What about... Ooh, he's cut. That's a bit of an old one. Does anyone still use that? You use that one? Have you ever got cut? Yeah, no, you don't have to nod to that, it's all right. You know, we have a lot of nicknames around the word offence. One more, one more. You got one, Steve? You got any nicknames for... Um, took his bat and ball and... Yeah. Is it? Took his bat and ball and went home. And went home, went home. That's when you chuck it, you take your bat and ball and go home, went home. Um, what about this one? Build a bridge and get over it. You know, use that one. Yep. Drink a cup of cement and harden up. Yep. So, you know, the Aussie culture, we, 
we, we muck around with this. We joke with each other, don't we? And uh, someone says, oh, I had to wait 10 minutes for my coffee. And you, know, and you go, well, you know, build a bridge and get over it. And even in the fact that you're telling them to build a bridge and get over it, you're actually taking the mickey out of them. So it's a really funny culture. There's, a, there's one that I saw when I was researching this, and it's NOM, N-O-M. Does anyone know what that means? It's like LOL. No, it mustn't be very popular. I thought it'd be something cool I could mention because, you know, I'm 40 now, so I have to look for cool things still. But it means no offence meant. So if you see the word N-O-M in an email or in a text, it means no offence meant. You know, the minute someone says no offence meant, you need to, you know, look, no offence but, the minute someone says that, you should brace yourself for what they're about to say, I reckon. What about this one? One more, a couple more. Slap in the face. Oh, I was a real slap in the face. I was a real kick in the guts. But, you know, most of the time, the things that happen to us or the things that are said to us, they're pretty petty. They're what we call first world problems. There's another one. I'm rolling. Um, but where do these come from? So I want to talk about two concepts. The first one is what you believe. What you decide to believe about an event or about what someone says to you. Um, yeah, it's, it's your decision. Where do our beliefs come from? Any ideas? Where do our beliefs come from? The answer's simple. You make them up. You decide what you believe. It's your decision, no one else's. So you make a decision in a moment when something happens to you or someone says something to you, you decide what you're going to believe. The second concept is what you let into your heart. What do you keep in your heart? You know, I want to unpack this a little bit and talk about what you believe and what you let into your heart. Let's talk about this thing about what you believe, okay? Here's an example. Let's just say there's a few people going out after Undone, right? And uh, they send out a text or... What do you do these days? Do you still use text or not? Yep, okay, good. You send out a text and say, hey, we're all going to Morty's for dinner after Undone. Love for you to come along. And the person who sends out the text is a friend of yours and you're, they're a good friend, but they've just got a new phone and they've put your number in with one digit wrong. So you don't get the text. So here they are sitting around at Morty's having a good time and you're not invited. And then of course you see them on social media and it's up there and you think, oh, these guys are at Morty's. Um, I wonder why they didn't invite me. And on the flip side of that, your mate who set this up is sitting at Morty's thinking, oh, I wonder why Royce didn't come. I thought we were friends. And see, just by a little thing that happened, getting a phone number wrong in a phone, you've got this scenario where you can decide what you believe. You know, that could be just a simple misunderstanding, could be just a little rift in a relationship there, just a little rift in a friendship. And you know, I want to give you some tools and help you so that those little things don't get in the way anymore. So not only are you creating beliefs in your mind, but they're creating beliefs in, in their mind about what happened. And they think you don't like them, you think... And, and you could just see how the relationship would just, just, you know, oh, well, who cares about them anyway, and all of that sort of stuff. And you start to believe that story in your mind. 
I want to talk about Proverbs 4.20 to 23. And it's, it's got a few verses in it, and I'll just read it through for you. It says this, My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. And this is the punchline. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. You might have heard that before. But this, this scripture is about two things. It's about, yeah, guard your heart. Has anyone ever heard that before? Guard your heart, for out of it flows the issues of life. I think um, Steve mentioned it when we were praying earlier. Um, it's a classic scripture around how to, guard, how to look after yourself when it comes to offence. See, you decide what gets into your heart. So in that example of the, the, the group at Morty's, you could go, well, he's my mate. We've known each other for years. Um, I'm sure there must be a reason for that. And what I will do is I'll just let it, just let it pass or I'll um, go and chat to him and say, oh, you went to Morty's and, you know, and just make light of it and, and kind of decide to believe the best for the other person. And that person that, you know, at Morty's could do the same thing. But that's about guarding your heart. You know, not letting something that's a little bit negative, um, not dwelling on it, not letting it just rest in your heart and fester and become something bigger than it needs to be. But the other part about this scripture, which, you know, when you look at it in context, is pretty clear. It's also about letting good stuff into your heart. My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. So not only is it guarding your heart from, from negativity and from, from uh, misunderstandings and things that might offend you and, and might grow into something bigger than they need to be, but it's, all about, it's also about letting the good stuff in. What does God say about me? And what does God say about my friendships? Am I a good person? Do I treat people well? Am I worth being friends with? Would I be fun if I was at that if I was at Morty's? Would I, you know, would it be good if I was there? And you have to believe good things about yourself because it's so easy. It would be so easy to believe, oh, maybe I'm maybe I'm no good. Maybe I'm not fun to be around. Maybe they don't like it when I'm there and that's why they left me out. So it's it's not only about leaving the good stuff out, but also letting the good stuff in. Fill your heart with the good stuff and guard it. You decide. I heard a stat the other day that 80% of our, belie- uh, 80% of our beliefs... Uh, I can't remember it. I'll forget that. Just You're not offended that I forgot that quote, are you? 80% of stats are made up anyway, so it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, I was reading this book by Bill Hybels from GLS last year, and uh, the book's called Simplify. And um, we did it as a series, didn't we? We did it as a series in church, and um, I got a copy of the book back then, and I remember reading through it. And it's got a really great section around um, offences in it. And uh, I think there's a picture of the book up there. Is that right? No, it's a picture of my bald head. There it is. So if you see that book, and if this is something that you think, hey, I need to get better at this, or there might be something big in your life that you need to deal with, I recommend you get a copy of this book, and there's a really good chapter on forgiveness in it. So in the chapter, Bill talks about levels of offences. 
So he starts with minor offences. So these are the little ones that when you stop and think about it, you think they're actually not worth worrying about. Like the example of the, the group at Morty's. When you think about that, yeah, well, what if you weren't invited? What if they did forget you? Is that really worth worrying about? Is that worth dwelling on and letting it become a big thing? This is the build and bridge get over it type. The drink a cup of cement and harden up type. The first world problems. They're often misunderstandings or they're a flippant thing that someone said and they didn't mean anything by it or it might be something that's taken out of context or maybe even a joke that went wrong. Has anyone ever had that happen to you? Yeah, you've said a little joke and you thought, oh, I probably shouldn't have said that. The little, you sort of cross the line, the little filter in your mind that says, yeah, don't say that. It was switched off at the time and you've, you've cracked a joke about someone and you thought, oh, yeah, probably wouldn't have, shouldn't have done that. So they're the minor offences and uh, Bill covers it well in his book. And then there's legitimate wounds. So this is where a true offence happens. Again, going back to the Morty's example, this might be one of those situations and you, you might do the, the right thing and you might go up to the person and say, oh, I noticed you went to Morty's the other day and they might say, yeah, we don't really want to be your friend anymore. That, that happens sometimes, doesn't it? And that would be an example of one of these legitimate wounds. Or where someone's done something and... They've made a mistake. Because, you know, we all make mistakes. We live in this fragile and uncertain world. And we're all humans and we all mess up sometimes. I mess up. Who, who's messed up here before? Anybody? Yeah, we all have. We all mess up sometimes. And I've messed up in friendships. You know, um, I've been married for 19 years. It's going to be 20 in January, Steve. We got married nearly at the same time. Different women, which is good. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> two weeks apart, he was just before me. He just beat me, which is a bit annoying, but anyway. Um, no, it's not. I don't really care. Same place as well. We both got married at the same place. Hey, get back on topic. Right, good. Um, what was I talking about? I have been married for 19 years, and you don't think that I've offended my wife at times and done the wrong thing? Let me think of a few examples. I do, <laughs> I do remember when we were young, we went to a uh, youth camp in, uh, in uh, Coffs Harbour and we, we thought, yeah, we were young, we, we all caught a plane to Melbourne and then we jumped in a, a bus and 10 hour, 14 hour something bus trip all the way up to Coffs Harbour and we had this great youth camp and at the start of the youth camp I did something wrong, I made a bit of a blunder, I was young, I was foolish and uh, yeah, she didn't talk to me for a little while and that, that bus trip on the way home was, was pretty long, you know what I mean? And uh, we do make these mistakes sometimes. But there's a great scripture in Matthew chapter 18, verse 15. And uh, the, the basic gist of it is it's, it's an outline of what to do when you've got one of these legitimate wounds how, did, how do you deal with this and the topic of forgiveness and how to, how to, how to move forward on an issue? So let's, let's, say, uh, let's say Sam here, he's, uh, I've, I've been talking to him and I've messed up and I've done something and it's, it's really hurt his feelings. And he's, he's tried to say, oh, well, you know, he probably didn't mean it. And he's, he's done the best he can do, guarding his heart and, and believing the best in, in our friendship but he, he really can't, he's got to, he knows he's got to act on it. He's got to do something a bit more. 
So he comes to me, and according to this scripture, the first thing you do is you go. You go to the person, and secondly, you go alone. And if it's a boy and a girl, then, you know, you, you kind of get, um, get some safety around that. You might meet in public, you know, in a coffee, in a cafe or something like that. But you, he comes to me and he goes, he comes to me and he goes alone. And he doesn't go to prove me wrong and to say, when you did that thing, when you talked that way to me, he's not going to me to, to say, well, you're right, I'm, I'm right and you're wrong. He's going to reconcile the relationship. And he's done, his, he's done his, his check in the first place and he's decided, well, is this actually worth our time? Is this something petty? Well, no, actually, it's been a couple of weeks now. It's, it's been a few days now. And I'm still, when I see Royce, I still sort of feel a bit... Uh, so he follows the principle of Matthew 18 and he, he comes to me. He comes on his own and he goes to reconcile our friendship. And he simply says, you know, when you did that thing, it made me feel this way. And what did you mean by that? And nine times out of ten, I'll say, oh, no, I didn't say you're a loser. I said you're a cruiser. Or it's something, you know, it's something silly like that. Just a silly misunderstanding. And, and I might think, oh, I, I didn't realise that you would take it that way. I'm so sorry. And... I reckon it's more than nine times out of ten. When you do that, that's enough to, to fix it. And then you can, you can move on with your friendship. And you can, you can get past it and now all of a sudden you can say, oh, well, that's, that's all okay. It was all a misunderstanding. The scripture also talks about go now. And in the book, Bill um, preached this message and he talked about this principle and uh, he said, and go now, and there's a scripture that says if, you, if you're there worshipping before God and you realise you've got something against your brother, you, you should go, um, leave and, and sort it out. And he wondered why people started leaving. And people were responding to the message. So, you know, people started trickling out and he started thinking, what am I doing wrong? Am I, am I, do I smell or something? But they started to leave. So don't do that on me, but go now. Don't let the sun Rest on your anger, you know. It's that concept of, of get it over and done with. You know why? Because the longer it goes, the more opportunity you've got to dwell on it and let it just well up in your heart and it become this festering thing. So do it quickly. I know it's not easy, this stuff, but it's worthwhile. And then the last bit it talks about is to let it go. So let it go. You had an offence. Let it go. I, I did the wrong thing um, by Sam. And we make up, but he's now got to decide, right, well, he said sorry, so we can get on with things now. We, he can let it go. And that's that second level of offence, the legitimate wounds. There's another level, though. And this is more around not, not as much what is said to you, but what happens to you. There's a whole book of the Psalms, and it's just, it's just um, full of this sort of stuff where something life-shattering has happened. You know, I was at work the other day and there's this guy in, in our work and he's a real advocate for safety. He's one of our safety guys and he's really passionate about it. And um, I said, oh, that guy is... I was talking to some, um, some of my colleagues and I said, that guy is really passionate about safety. 
They said, yeah, he lost his son in, a, in an accident, at, um, you know, when, when his son was pretty young. And uh, I thought, wow. And this guy, I don't know if he, if he is a Christian, I don't know if he has a faith at all, but he somehow navigated his way through that life-shattering event, that serious event, and found a way to respond and to get past it and to turn it into a positive. And when I heard that story about that guy, you, you, I can't imagine what it'd be like to have something like that happen. And, you know, there might be people here tonight where you're thinking, oh, you're talking about offence again. And yeah, you, you might have had something happen in your life and I, 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 don't, I don't know what that would be like to have something like that happen. But I do know that it's in our ability, it's in, our, um, it's in the word and it's, it's available to us to move past that and to not let that offence or that thing that happened hold us back. Yeah, I think about, and the band can come if you like, guys. It'd be great. I think about Jesus on the cross. You know, the Bible says he was unrecognisable. He was beaten so badly that you couldn't recognise him. He was surrounded by trained, brutal, heartless Roman soldiers, violent men who killed for a living. They were professional killers. And they, they'd smashed him. They had just beat him and they'd, you know, just torn him to shreds, basically, and put nails through, his, through him and they'd hung him on the cross to die. A major, major offence that happened to him. And what did he say? He uttered the prayer, Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. Yeah, he was believing for the best for those people. Even in the midst of this awful thing that had happened to him, he was thinking about them. And I think that's a real key as well. When something happens and it might offend you, have a think about the other person. Say, well, you know, maybe they didn't know what they are doing. Or maybe they, you know, maybe they didn't mean to hurt me. Or maybe it was just a misunderstanding. This is worth taking some time over. And you know, over the next couple of weeks, um, and Sandy comes next week and Steve the next. I mean, it's a three-week series, but this is such a significant issue and such a deep issue. We were praying about it before, and I, I remember thinking, wouldn't it be great if we had a culture at Door of Hope where people were really hard to offend? You know, being unoffendable, that, that we've got so much of the good stuff in our heart that we're so skilled at not letting offence get into our lives and into our hearts. So we can have those solid relationships that, that stand the test of time. You know, 19 years of marriage, it's taken us some work. It's taken us um, to, to learn some skills on how to deal with each other and how to, how to talk through those things that inevitably go wrong. <laughs> You can't live with someone for that long and not have done things wrong. But take your time. You know, I was saying it's a three-week series, but this is a lifelong learning. And you might have, you might have had one of those um, really life-shattering things happen to you. And I, I get it. This isn't a thing where you can just come up on an altar call and, and it's all gone. It's all taken away. 
Sometimes miracles happen. Sometimes, you know, I'm not limiting God. God could do that. But take your time. Work your way through it and find your way through because it's worth it. We want to see everyone win here, don't we? We want to see everyone win in life. And uh, I don't want to ever see anybody held back by offence or by the things that have happened and the circumstances in your life. You've got to try, though. I, I pray that you'd seek help and counsel if you need it. I've been through counselling. I'm not afraid to say it um, when I've needed it. It's a funny thing. You know, in other cultures, they're, they're so ready and able to get counsel when they need it or to get help. And the Aussie way, well, we don't do that. Well, it, you know, you should do it if you need to. Start the journey. Life isn't about what happens to you, but what happens through you. Respond, live, and don't let offence hold you back. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for relationships. We thank you for friendships. We thank you that you put us in a family, you put us in a bunch of friends, and you put us in a, a family of believers, that we can draw upon each other for, for strengthening our own beliefs and our own faith. But Father, we don't want to let anything get in the way of that. You know, your word says that by your love, by our love, um, all men would know us. And let it, let it be a testimony of our friendships, our relationships, our love for one another, that people would know there's something different about this group of people. And the thing that's different is your love for us. So, Father, help us. Help us search our hearts. Help, help us open our hearts to you. And if we are harboring offence, even offence, that we don't know about. The, the King David said, cleanse me from my secret faults. There might be things in us that actually hold us back that we're not aware of. And by your Holy Spirit, we ask that you'd bring those things to the surface, bring those things to mind, that we can, we can deal with those in a, in a godly way and we can move on. But Father, we just thank you that you've put us in this body and that you love us so that we can love others. Father, we just believe for a change in, in our lives in the area of offence as we go on uh, this, this journey with you. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen.